0: We might be on but. introduction part thirty-seven. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see no, how no, we get no no. no, no, we can't do that. Bisexual lighting. You're listening, and you have thoughts you want to share them with us, and we love that. Oh, sure. Put
1: me on the spot, why don't you? Um, <laughs>
0: sells seashells by the seashore. No, she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to be great. I think you're going to enjoy the heck out of it. Welcome everybody to Write Out Loud, the podcast about storytelling, writing, authorship, creativity, and fun. I don't know. I just added a few things, but hey, welcome. It's
1: about all those <laughs> things you could say that.
0: <laughs> it is about all those things. I, of course, am Matt Cassim, and I'm here joined by the lovely, beautiful, and esteemed Tina. Tina. <laughs> and as part of season two, I mean, it's season two. We're new, not new, but just different. We're kind of changing things up yep. a little bit. And as part of that, Flipping you wanted to surprise me with this week's topic. So I know nothing about what you're about to do. (laughs) So tell me, what did you choose? What are we doing?
1: Well, (laughs) so I know that last season you interviewed me and all my expertise and my background and everything, but I did not interview you. And I thought it would actually be really cool to interview you from the perspective of an aspiring writer an aspiring author. You are a writer. You are an aspiring author. That's how I like to look at them because I think everybody is a writer, no matter if you publish or not. If you write stuff creatively, if you write stuff in a diary, you're a writer. So I thought it would be really cool to ask you because I think your perspective is going to be a lot similar to some of our listeners or people Mm -hmm. who... Are aspiring to write a completed story or book or novel or memoir, what have you. So I thought I would ask you some questions. Some yeah, easy ones. All right. Some hard ones. All right. All right. I don't know um, how I'm you, supposed to keep like, my
0: man of mystery motif yeah. well, going, but you know, that's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm not asking you to dig deep here. You can give me every surface answer you want. You can lie if you want. I don't think you're going to want to, but... Okay, so I thought we would start out very general and then kind of get a little bit into it. So I have asked you this before, but I don't know that I got the answer. Why do you read?
0: Oh, again, it's just part of my Man of Mystery thing. (laughs) Why do I read? I read because... I've always been drawn to story. I've always been drawn to stories that can pull you in, especially to books that can pull you in, that make you want to flip that page and just keep going. And you're laying in bed. It's 11 o'clock. It's now 12 o'clock. It's now one o'clock. And you're like, oh, but just a few more pages. Like, I just I want to find out what's going on here.
1: Just one more chapter.
0: Yeah. I mean, those types of well-told stories that just tug at your soul because they want you to come along for that ride is why i read
1: why do you think they tug
0: at your soul i think in a lot of ways we identify with the story at some level whether it's a character whether it's a situation they find themselves in whether it's maybe some inadvertent wisdom they dispense in that situation right because i think sometimes we find ourselves in life in situations that sort of mirror a little bit of what happens in the story maybe not exactly but maybe as an an allegory or as a analogy to your situation and I think sometimes we think about what that character does in that situation how they react and if they say something that just sort of resonates like I think that really kind of sometimes helps right you're looking yeah. for answers you're looking for yeah. clues in that yeah. mystery. Um, and I guess by mystery I mean life <laughs> like you're yeah. just trying to find your way through right? no, I
1: sometimes. think you hit it on the head we find ourselves we connect to something either in the story in the characters, something that's unfolding. I I have actually written articles. When I used to work for Borders, we used to have a website and had these blogs and stuff on there, and I was one of the writers for that. And one of the posts that I wrote was actually the perfect timing because I always found as a reader that the perfect book that reflected something for me that I connected to, and mm-hmm. generally it's fiction, yeah. would be at a place where I was in my life. And one of my greatest ones was a book called mudvane I can never recommend it enough by Taryn Fisher. And it is literally a mystery thriller, but it's, it's actually a book. You could even call it a self-help book about self-love, about unconditional love, loving yourself. But it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow as a mystery thriller. Yeah. So yeah. No, I agree with you totally because of the connection. So the flip side of that question is then, why do you write?
0: Why do I write? I want the power of God. I want to create things. <laughs> and that's really in a nutshell kind of it, honestly. Like I wanna be able to say, like, this is my world. These are the characters that I've come up with that kind of best tell that story sometimes writing has been for me a little bit of a means to an end like sometimes i've had to write a story because i had a message to share and i was too maybe shy or too not direct enough to just come out and say it so sometimes yeah. a story is how you get there right or the way that you kind of get your message across yeah so there were literally a couple times as a kid when i would write a story about something that happened to this character and how it was just terrible and that it should have gone this way and this is how that would have been fixed or whatever and given it to my mom and dad. Because it was something that I had done and that they had maybe disciplined me, right? And I was thinking that was just terribly unfair and this is how it should have gone kind of thing. Did did Um, they
1: recognize that was going on? Yeah,
0: I was not very good at writing at that point, so it was very transparent.
1: So do you think that in some way you are looking to make an impact You are looking to impart wisdom. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: every writer wants to communicate, right? And communication is at its best two ways, even if it's not direct communication, meaning we're not having a conversation, but I'm sending you a message and you're receiving that message, right? Maybe even reacting later in some way. So yeah, I think there is a bit of that where we want to, I want to leave the world hopefully better than I found it, even if it's just because I made mean, people laugh or
1: yeah, I
0: cry or whatever.
1: I think that is something that maybe writers think of on the surface level. If I can just make some people smile today, mm. I've done my job as a writer. But I think, yeah, I actually think that um, writers are so much more impactful than they realize. Mm. I think so. No, I
0: would agree. I think there's been I mean, how many stories have you seen where somebody has approached an author and has just gushing? Yeah, you changed my maybe tears, right? Like you've literally changed my no. life. I felt this way, and then I read your book, and then now I felt this. I feel like this, or I finally had somebody. It felt like they saw me. Yes, you know, I felt like I was an actual human being for the first time because your book made me feel like I was there and yeah, part of this whole thing. So, absolutely, I think there's that surface level. I think it's as deep as. It wants to go. Yeah. It's just, I think as an author, it's your job to set it free.
1: Yeah. Very true. I like that. It's your job as an author to set it free. What books do you think are the most impactful? And you don't need to name specific books. You can name
0: yeah. a style
1: of well, book or...
0: I think not even books per se, but Story. Story. Right. I'm going to say, I'm going to go to story and I'm going to say the types of stories that are so intricately woven that you don't realize they're happening. you're, You're so into it. You're so a part of it that you don't realize the mechanics of it's somebody telling you a story. Yeah. And a good example of that is it's it's from rent, for example. So rent, fantastic story in its own right. Lots of amazing characters. Angel is a character that you don't see coming. Yeah. Which is a weird statement considering Angel is very, very out out there, very (laughs) loud, very boisterous character, right? But a very sweet character. You don't see Angel coming. And I'm sorry if you haven't seen Rent, that's on you. It's been out for years. But when Angel dies, it is a sucker punch. Yeah. Because you don't realize how impactful that character is, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times stories that are like that, that can lead yeah. you along almost in kind of a tricksy way. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: I was just going right? to say, like, Pat, it's like your example of Angel is perfect for what you're trying to say because it's like Angel sucks you in for the from the moment, you know, he's there, he's loud and he's loving and all of these great things and you just fall in love. And the
0: minute you fall in love, you're like, "Oh no!" Yep. But you don't even realize you're in love with Angel. No, that's the funny part, right? Yeah. It's so interesting to me because it's this. It sounds like a negative word. It's this side character, yeah, who's over here, who comes in once in a while, makes a flash, and then goes back out. But it's like the minute they're no longer there, it's like,
1: "Fuck." Yeah.
0: Wow, like they're it just it's super emotional. So, anyway, stories yeah. like that, I think that really just pull you along without you knowing are just crucial.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that was that was a really great example of what I call some of my clients and things we call layering. You've got the basic story structure, you know what you want to do, you know how you want your audience to feel. And you're taking them on a journey that is unexpected, but you're not necessarily going to have that in the first draft. You're going to have the structure of I've got these main characters. They're going to sing these songs. They're going to have this journey and there's Angel. That's the whole crux of yep. the story. So no, that's We're gonna great. Keep I you focused that. over here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to it like,
0: look over yep. here, look over here. And yep. then bam. Yeah. You get hit. So
1: what is the, Best piece of writing invi- advice you've ever received.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't say this because it's going to it's going to come off as if this was planned, and if this was, that this was like planted, if you will. Yeah, no, <laughs> but not planted.
1: You didn't know any. You didn't know any of this in advance.
0: I did not. I honestly didn't. But I'm just going to say it, and you're just going to have to deal with it. It honestly is when you said, just give me the mess, like first draft, just give me the mess, just get it out on paper. It should look kind of like garbage. That's okay because it's the rock. It's the raw clay. We're going to build something out of that, right? We're going to be able to pull the pieces that really matter out of it and shape it into something beautiful. And it's, I say that's the best because it was the most freeing advice. Yes. Because you're worrying so much about is what I'm writing a pile of garbage, literally, or is it really good stuff, right? Yeah, and being able to say just get the mess out, get it out there, get it so that somebody else can help you walk through and yeah, refine it. Yeah, that was honestly the best.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. And no, again, reminding the audience that if, was not it really
0: wasn't, and in fact, really I did wasn't.
1: not even think that he was. <laughs> I ask this to all writers all the time. What's the best piece of writing advice? Simply because that's how other people learn the best advice is by passing it along. But you actually hit it on the head about why I give that advice, why I work with my clients in that way is the freedom. You cannot have great creativity if you are stifled, if you are not free to write a million things that, again, you could edit them all out later. But one of those million threads that you're putting in there is the seed of something. It's the seed of something great that once. And again, I can't tell you how much I love this answer because (laughs) it comes down to that. When you're done with that first draft and you take that step back and breathe, like, that's when all the ideas actually come in. Mm-hmm. That's when all the greatness actually happens. And there have been numerous people that I've worked with that I have seen them almost literally bleed onto the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Drag themselves to the keyboard every day, and every single peck was causing blood. <laughs> and that's, not, that's no way to write. And that's not a book I want to read as a reader because I'm going to feel that.
0: So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you need the freedom
0: of the creativity. You do, you do. You have to be able to say, and I think, I don't know, you just talked about seeds, too. I think that's even a better analogy. I've talked about this as being clay and kind of giving you the somewhat molded clay and then saying, let's work on this together to refine it. But I think it's actually even better than that. I think it is. your first draft is sowing the field and planting the seeds and you're throwing all kinds of seeds out there. And then you're going to come back later where hopefully some of them started to grow. Yeah. And you can, and there'll be some weeds and and some of the actual really good plants that took root. You can nurture. And I think it's a better analogy than the clay to be honest. yeah.
1: I don't think since starting my business and working it the way that I do, all of my clients have learned this and have expressed to me at later dates. Oh my God, I love the editing process. I love second drafts, third drafts. And like, these are where all the ideas are. And this, is, I, this was so much easier. This was so much better. This was so much and going on and on. But really, the seed actually, this is the first time tonight that I'm saying the seed. Normally I say it's the Marin Morris song, the bones, the bones are good. Mm -hmm. As Mm -hmm. long as the bones of the story are there, that's all you need. That's all you need for a first draft is the bones of the house, the structure of the house. Then you put up the siding and the walls and the start shaping the cabinets and the floor plans and all of that. Sure. Then you start bringing in the furniture and then the last level is the details of the decorations of the pictures of the curtains of the whatever. So, yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um who are your favorite authors? And there is a second part to this. Okay. And how do they influence your writing?
0: So I'm going to say Stephen King or Orson Scott Card. I would put probably James Patterson in there as well. Honestly, Dan Brown. A couple of my friends are going to be really mad about that, but that's okay. They'll get over it. There's others, but I think those are the major ones.
1: Okay. So how to break them down. How do they each influence your writing? Or another way to phrase that would be, what have you learned from their writing? Like, what have you taken and said, you know what? That's a really great way to do that. Let me try it in my own.
0: Gosh, that's a hard question. It's a hard question because I was always so terrified of sounding like another author or, sound, or writing like another author. And I always sort of, I don't know, like well, when I'm reading a lot of times for me, Mm-hmm. is really just to get to their stories. And I don't know that I've ever critically thought about other than on the occasion, like we've talked about Stephanie Meyer or we've talked about certain certain other authors, right? But I don't know. I will say Stephen King's book on writing yep. was phenomenal yep. and is a an amazing read. If you haven't read it, please That's... do, cause especially if you want to get writing and really get going. like It's a phenomenal yeah. work.
1: That one and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield are really the only Mm. writing books that I recommend. There have been some others where, you know, my clients have said, Oh, this really helped me. I keep those in a little file in case people are requesting. But, and, yeah, and I, that's, that is not exactly what I mean by the question here. I'll explain it a little bit Mm -hmm. better this way. So, one of my all time favorite books is. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. But the editor and me can recognize that the first half of the book is so fantastic and stellar and like blew me away. The second half kind of fizzled for me. And the interesting thing was this weekend I was having a conversation with a good friend and We've both read the book and she was actually mad that she bought the hardcover. She said, I should have just bought it on Kindle. And I'm like, no, I'm happy I did because I look at it and it reminds me, first of all, how great it is and how it impacted me in the first half. And that was enough. That's all I needed to get from that book. But it also reminds me that you never want to leave something so fantastic ending on a If he he wishy washy, but also to help my clients make sure that their front end matches their back end. So it's more: what have you gleaned from their writing that you're like, this is great, and I need to work on that more, or oh, I need to avoid that because that was not great.
0: Yeah. I can say for sure that I do remember reading it by Stephen King, and being really upset that it was a giant like alien spider thing at the end, because it felt to me like a huge cop out. Ah, and yes. It felt to me like, oh, like really? I mean, why?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. I haven't read it in years, right? This is when I was yeah. younger, like super young. So it's also possible that upon rereading it, that I would discover something completely different about that and feel differently. Yeah. But yep. She's I just remember true. With the time being like, really? Like, that's what yeah. you, like you have this whole great story leading up to this and then that, that, that's, that's yes. what you do with it. Right. Like, yeah. I'm so mad about it. Yeah. Um, so even the best so of writers
1: yes, make mistakes.
0: Yep. Even the best writers, at, again, at least in the, the, uh, Filter of my young mind, right? Yeah. As I wrote that. Or as I read that. I think for other writers, when I read their works, I think sometimes a lot about how they start their stories. And what I mean by that is just they start in the middle of an action sequence, kind of throwing you like literally into the deep end of the pool and hope you figure yeah. out what's going on. Is there a lot of build up exposition and detail and. Description that, quite frankly, could get very boring. But, like, how do they write? How do they start their story? Where does it kick off? How does it pull you in if it does?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I can certainly say, like, reading a lot of authors, that's one thing I absolutely look at because, for and honestly, too, for somebody who has ADD, because a lot of my stories and projects go unfinished at <laughs> the beginning makes yeah. the most sense. <laughs> that's why I'm most attracted to that because that's so many times that's the only thing I got to. So, That also kind of makes sense. But yeah, I think those are the only things I can really think of that I really at least consciously looked at from kind of evaluating how other writers do their thing.
1: Right. So that is the last of my really big questions. The question I do want to end on is what is the dream? What is the, the ultimate goal for you? For your writing you and it could be anything and you're not beholden to it because you could change your mind later <laughs> on and sure. there are great people who are great writers who just write for themselves but you know what is the thing that you want to get out of your writing
0: it's another good question they're all good questions I don't know I would love to be a less problematic JK Rowling and create a Harry Potter universe right to create a a universe that just is so immersive that you could literally build a theme park around it that everybody wants to be a part of it, right like who go everybody, they go to Universal Studios to go to Harry Potter to get yep. a wand and to go through the experience because they want to be a part of it right right so I would absolutely say I would love that I think more realistically, just being able to get messages that people connect with out there that people yep. really enjoy that it helps helps them in some way
1: yeah you yep. want to connect and affect yes and i think that's what all writers want to do all authors leave leave have. a
0: thumbprint on their soul
1: yeah yep well thank you so much for answering all my questions and i don't think well, you thank le- you i don't think you revealed too much about yourself i think you only revealed <laughs> stuff about, about your <laughs> writing you're still the man okay, of good. mystery. I can still be a man of mystery. <laughs> you're still good. a man of mystery to our audience.
0: Oh, thank God. I was going to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, no, thank you so much. I uh, super enjoyed that. And I think for season two, as we progress, like. What you're going to see and hear here is you're going to hear more things about. More specific, like writing techniques. Again, we're not taking this in the approach of this is a, a college class or a, something that you should. Sit down, listen to, and like practice necessarily, but we do hope to kind of talk a little bit more about the craft of writing and get more perspectives on the craft of writing and kind of pull it in. So I think as we go through this season, you're going to see more and more of that as well, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And I think my intention is always to give the audience the advice that they're not going to get anywhere else. Or else are you going to hear an editor say, I want the mess, encourage people to have the mess. There are other things, too, that we'll talk about in future episodes that, again, could be going against the grain, but that's what we're going to do. That's what's going to free people to write what they are called to write, because that's what we need out there. We don't need hundreds of other just average writers. We need the people that are going to make the impacts.
0: Exactly. We need more thumbprints on our soul.
1: Yes. I'm excited for season two.
0: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, my darling. I appreciate you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really hope that you're enjoying every bit of it, but we would love to hear your feedback. Drop us an email either to matt at writeoutloudpod.com or christina at bookmatchmaker.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. What's working, what's not working, and what do you want to hear more of? Thanks so much. We really appreciate it.